people have lost touch with with dance you know it's something that is other people do or I used to do when I was younger so the five rhythms and the classes I offer it's a very very simple movement a practice that helps people reconnect with the dance very simply very quickly and you know sometimes I have people showing up to the class who've never been before they haven't danced for a long time and they're sort of on the sidelines and they're shy but as soon as we start the the, the practice because it's a very simple um, practice the five rhythms um, they're kind of swept into it and yeah and wow they go I haven't done that for a very very long time I know it's beautiful yeah I first found out about John of God the spiritual healer in Brazil um, through my friend Leah who had a, an advanced cancer diagnosis and advanced breast and bone cancer when she got her diagnosis it was already very advanced mm -hmm. and she was on her way to see this spiritual healer and so I had a look at a video that she had before she went of this man and I was really taken by what I saw on the video I don't know why um, but I thought gee you know and I just finished my other film Dances of Ecstasy and so I said to Leah wow could I come and document your journey and see what happens and so I did and I took a camera and followed Leah to Brazil and when I arrived there it was look I think it changed my life in mm -hmm. many ways um, I didn't realize it would take me about 10 years to finish this project mm -hmm. but what I discovered there was oh, how can I describe it you got to accent you're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive Media with Karen Swain. So wonderful to be with you again. Have I got a simply beautiful, delightful, gorgeous dance facilitator, spiritual healer, gorgeous person to introduce you to today. Her name is Michelle Mara. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Oh, lovely to be here to chat with you, Karen. Now, Michelle and I have known each other for quite a few years. We're friends, you know, in Sydney. Let me just read you her bio. It's a beautiful bio. We're going to talk all about healing and dance and lots of things today. Michelle is the director of Radiance Dance Five Rhythms. She is an experienced movement facilitator and filmmaker based in Sydney, Australia, passionate about the healing power of dance and how dance can catalyze deep change and transformation. Michelle has a diploma in dance movement therapy from the International Institute of Dance Therapy in Australia and is an accredited teacher of the Gabrielle Roth Five Rhythms Movement Method. She is an accomplished filmmaker of dance and has had an extensive international career creating numerous award-winning documentaries and short films about dance, including the award-winning documentary Dances of Ecstasy with Nicole Ma, which explores the ecstatic experience through dance, rhythm and music. Michelle has directed all of Gabrielle Roth's teaching videos, including the Wave and Power Wave. Didn't know that. 
Her most recent film is a film about healing, which features the work of a spiritual healer known as John of God. The film is called A Quest to Heal Beyond the Physical. Michelle offers weekly classes in five rhythms dance and workshops in five rhythms dance and dance movement therapy. She leads dance movement sessions for seniors and the elderly with dementia, which is amazing. We'll talk about that too. Michelle also produces and facilitates community dance events, bringing people together to celebrate our common humanity through dance and music. She's toured the US and Israel screening Dances of Ecstasy, followed by dance events using the film as an inspirational tool. You've been a busy gal. <laughs> I have. I've been around a while, Karen. <laughs> You've been around, darling. Yeah, I've been around a while. I've been on this. <laughs> Look, you know, I, what else I want to say about you is that you are an incredible facilitator for community here in Sydney. Having moved out of the city and then moved back to the city about six or seven years ago, I had lost that community uh, when I moved away for nine years in the city and everywhere I went in the city I would meet people and they would tell me that they met their partners they met friends they met community through going to your dances so you've created this incredible conscious community here in Sydney I just want to celebrate you for that because everywhere I go I have this conversation you're bringing people together well, that's wonderful. Yeah, well, it's been 10 years now, so which is why I'm having a celebration on Sunday, honouring 10 years of um, offering the dance on Sunday mornings in Sydney. Yeah, unfortunately, this, this might not be up before then, but I'll try and get it up on Saturday. So for people that do watch this, that is happening here in Sydney at the Sound Life Dome on Sunday. Yeah. 10 years celebrating you, facilitating dance events and bringing community together. Mm. So that's well, exciting. It's very exciting. And I think in these times, you know, dance is something so simple, so simple, so primal and um, such a powerful part of human experience. I mean, my teacher, Gabrielle Roth, used to say that, you know, dance is, it's a common language, you know, people have danced throughout ancient times and it's just a wonderful way um, to bring people together to, for healing ritual, for well-being, and for being together. So Absolutely. it has, and it's something, so it's as simple and as basic and as primal as eating, drinking, making love. Um, but in our Western society, many people have lost touch with, with dance. You know, it's something that is other people do or I used to do when I was younger. So the five rhythms and the classes I offer, it's a very, very simple movement a practice that helps people reconnect with the dance very simply, very quickly. And, you know, sometimes I have people showing up to the class who've never been before. They haven't danced for a long time and they're sort of on the sidelines and they're shy. But as soon as we start the, the, the practice, because it's a very simple um, practice, the five rhythms, um, they're kind of swept into it and, yeah, and, wow, they go, I haven't done that for a very, very long time. I know. It's beautiful. The thing about your dance classes is that you don't learn steps. Mm. Like you're facilitating movement to mm. music mm. but you're given a freedom like you're given guidance but you're given a freedom to choose yeah. the steps you want to choose instead of being taught steps which I think a lot of people love 
because it just gives them that freedom to move like a child who dances around the living room when the music's on, you know, like. Well, the whole point of Five Rhythms is Gabrielle Roth, the founder of the Five Rhythms practice, she um, documented her own journey into what she called trance and ecstasy. You know, she used to dance for hours and hours and get into this space of ecstasy through dance and drumming when she worked at this amazing place called Esalen in America. And she wanted to document that journey. And what she discovered was that her movement into that state of freedom followed the movement of a wave and um, the way a wave of energy moves. So if you look at how all energy moves in the universe, in nature, whether it's birth, death, lovemaking, a storm, it follows this wave pattern. And so she created the dance form based on that. So basically the class leads you through these five rhythms. And the first one is flowing. The second one is staccato. The third one is chaos. The fourth is lyrical and the fifth is stillness. And so you're just invited with the music and with very kind of gentle facilitation to follow your own movement and where we are instructing it in these, in these rhythms and flowing is about the feminine. It's about just following the dance, whatever's going on for you in that moment, like just and following however your body wants to move. And then staccato is more of a masculine energy and it's more about activation and you activate your energy And so it's kind of more percussive rhythmic movements and then chaos, which is the third rhythm. And it's all about really letting go and surrendering um, follows the element of water. And when you really let go and you really let your dance go, then you find yourself in a flow and then you're lifted into this, the fourth rhythm of lyrical where you're no longer um, doing the dance, but you're just following this movement um, moving through you very much like a surfer. You know, when you are surfing a wave, there's a moment where you catch the wave and you are no longer doing it, but you're actually riding the wave. And that's what the rhythm of lyrical is like, where you are, you go from that mind consciousness into the bigger dimension of life. And, and then it ends with stillness, uh, which is kind of that place of being unified and connected to everything. So basically the idea of the dance is that it leads you from our very mental space, which is our uh, I guess what people, some people call the Newtonian reality mm-hmm. and the, the reality of everyday life where we are very much in our mind and the dance through following your own dance, you find yourself in a flow of energy and that takes you from your mind into your body and into that bigger field that, that is our field of connection. That is our field of where there's no separation between ourselves and others, that place where Um, it's also beyond our personality it's beyond our ego it's beyond our thought and that bigger dimension is is the absolute magic of the dance you know I mean people come to the dance and they may not necessarily understand what's going on you know but its power lies in when you can really connect to that that bigger field Um, because when we're in that bigger field is where we feel connection and we feel, um, I mean, I guess for me, you know, I've had throughout, I mean, I've danced my whole life. I danced as a child and I always actually wanted to be a dancer. As, as a seven-year-old, I used to dance, but I ended up doing ballet till I was about 18 because I love the f- expression of movement and that sense about expressing 
um, energy through, through, through dancing. And then I realized I wasn't going to be a dancer because I wasn't fit to be a ballet dancer. So I ended up going to film school and I became a filmmaker. And then I went to New York with a Sydney dance company production. Um, with uh, hang on. Yeah. So basically, um, yeah, I, I went to film school and became a, and studied to become a professional filmmaker. And then I was doing all the visuals for, um, Graham Murphy's Sydney dance company, some rooms. Um, I did a lot of visuals for his, um, live theater productions and, um, he was going to New York. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to come to New York and I ended up going to New York and I absolutely fell in love with it as soon as I got there. Um, having grown up in the kind of safety of Sydney, I suddenly went to this incredibly amazing city and I ended up staying there for eight years. Um, and so while I was in New York, I worked as a music video director. That was my profession. But I also did lots and lots of dance classes because of course, New York is the dance capital of the world. And I worked with the most amazing people. I did a lot of work with postmodern dance choreographers and I started to learn a very different way of moving that, you know, I, I had grown up with this balletic structure yeah. and with this, um, what, what it was called, it was called the release technique. A lot of the contemporary dancers at that time, which was post Merce Cunningham, they were exploring a vocabulary where they were trying to relax the body and it was called release the body to relax it of all its armature and of all emotion and just go with pure movement. And we did a lot of internal exercises of visualizing our body and visualizing our skeleton. And it enabled us to really start to soften the, the outer surfaces. And through this, this movement practice, I started to get in touch with, with um, an inner voice of movement, which I always had this kind of more soulful. I was always into soulful movement, but I had this balletic structure, mm. but with this release work and with this postmodern work, I was doing, sorry, <laughs> with this postmodern dance that I was exploring in New York, I started to learn to follow my inner voice and, and the kind of voice of my soul. And we would move with our eyes closed. Mm. And then I started to find this incredible fluidity of following this inner dance and it was so healing and powerful to move from the inside out. Mm. So I spent many years doing that and I found a really way of um, moving very easily and listening to this inner dance. And you know what it sounds like to me? I, I've just got this going through my head. Uh, Picasso was um, known for saying it took me 50 years to learn to paint like a child. And I'm sort yes. of thinking the same thing. It's like, yeah. it's ta it, because when we do think of dance, we do think of structure and, and children just dance naturally, you know, like they just move, they move from that. They totally do. Like we they just do. have that in, inside us. And then we get so caught up with what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed mm. I think that people get so worried about what they look like when they dance, unless they're drunk. <laughs> Well, that's where, that's where by the time, so by the time I got to Gabrielle Roth's work, I had already had this very long practice of moving from the inside out. I also studied with a Sufi master where I was really led into states of trance and ecstasy through moving. And that's actually where I had some incredibly peak experiences 
of connecting with this divine energy through movement. I can even remember some of the peak experiences where I'd be, um, I mean, with the Sufi master, we actually did whirling. Right. And we would do whirling for a long, long time. And through that whirling, it was a beautiful experience of letting everything go and finding this deep connection to source. Mm. And so I had these peak um, experiences of finding a connection to this divine energy moving through me. And when that happened, I felt this light flooding through my body. I felt light and I felt a surge of extraordinary power mm. and connection, you know, and it was like, I almost felt like my body would dissolve, but I was incredibly present. I was incredibly pleasant, but it's like this inner power opened. And, and then afterwards I felt this sense of um, what a strong force this was. And these peak experiences that I've had through dancing is really what's informed um, my practice and wanting to offer it to others. Mm -hmm. So the, the five rhythms, um, what is so beautiful about that practice is that it does help people just move freely without all the kind of journey that I have had. And this five rhythms practice totally helps people totally get in touch with just moving naturally and freely. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it is yeah. that once you get the, once you get the body in motion, and your mind starts to relax, you can open up to that more universal energy that's flowing through us all. It's definitely something incredibly healing the word. I don't know if healing's the right word. Freeing, yeah, liberating, better word, in dance. Like when you go to a party, you know, whenever there's dancing happening, it's the best party you've ever been oh. to. Like you always come away oh. saying, oh, my God, that was such a great party because you got up and moved in a way that was liberating, like you weren't following steps, you were just moving, right? And so there was a freedom that you experienced inside this social interaction. And I think that's what you're capturing because as we get older, we don't tend to go to parties where we dance anymore, right? Yeah. I know I don't. Yeah. So it's very liberating, it's very freeing. And the beauty about what's different about five rhythms to other kind of conscious dance forms too is that actually it takes it much further than that um, as well as dance therapy. Cause once you find the tools to find your flow, yeah. um, you can really access deep emotion. You can start to access things that are hidden inside of you because we are all energy. I mean, in the, the, the model that I believe in is that, you know, dance is like part of the energetic model of the universe where we are all energy. So when you start to move the body, I mean, Gabrielle Roth talked about it. If you put the psyche in motion, it will heal itself. Mm -hmm. And it's similar to dance therapies that once you start moving where you are no longer, um, your mind is directing the movement and you are following the movement from within, you are starting to allow things that are more blocked in your energy field um, to start surfacing. And it might be, you know, um, that's why you need these kind of containers of structure because even though we're talking about free form movement, it's not completely free form. It actually has a structure. You know, Gabrielle Roth also used to say, do you have the discipline to be a free spirit? This yeah. is not, yeah, you can go to a party and just do free form dancing, but these five rhythms and dance therapy, they actually also have a structure so that it's guiding you to kind of connect to these deeper, deeper states within you where it's safe for you to 
express things that are hidden or um, to find a doorway into some of the shadows in your heart or in your psyche that you've locked away. And it might come through with an image or it might come through and then you might be invited to dance with that and to see what's there that's right. uncovering it so that your energy that's all blocked, and it's similar to acupuncture, you know, when you release things in your body, the dance can start to heal or bring up repressed memories. And I always believe that things only come through when they're ready. You know, mm -hmm. so we encourage people on the dance floor to cry, to go, yeah, because so much of the time we're armored and we're holding things in our heart. And when you have a really good cry, it releases it. And the other amazing thing about the dance that I love about the classes that we offer in the spaces is that you are doing it in a group. Mm. You know, in ancient cultures, traditional cultures, we did things in groups. Why? Because the group, the group process holds it for you. You know, I can have a dance in my living room, okay, and I can have a good cry in my living room. But what happens like on a Sunday morning when you come with a big group of people who are holding the field for you, it's a larger energy and somehow bigger transformation can happen because we need each other. You know, if I have an amazing cry on a dance floor, I feel like I'm held by everybody else, even if they, I may not be dancing with them. And that's the beauty is that we are all connected. And, um, you know, when we're in our head and in life, you know, when we've got our blinkers on walking through the street, we're just holding in all this stuff. But on the dance floor, we have this amazing opportunity to be connected in this unified field of consciousness. And, and I really feel that that unified field is getting stronger. People are feeling it. And the dance floor can be a place of great transformation, you know, mm -hmm. um, especially when you start to set intentions. Um, we also, I also encourage, you know, working with the unified field and having intentions and prayers and if you believe in that sense that, um, you know, prayers can travel in the unified field, imagine if there's 100 people dancing together. It's an incredibly powerful field of consciousness that can um, absolutely call I mean, in things that you want and also send prayers of healing yeah. to others. You know, I had a teacher on the show called Penny Kelly, who's a brilliant consciousness teacher. And she studied, oh, look, she studied many things, but physics and uh, she worked with the physicist for years. And she was talking about how the body is a energy generator. So thought is energy. Everything is energy and information, right? But then what amplifies energy? What generates energy, right? What, how do you um, put it out more powerfully into the matrix? So we can think and then we can put emotion behind it and the emotion behind it makes it more uh, prominent in the field let's say but actually when we move or dance we're actually amplifying that energy so like what you were saying you have an intention like I'm going to have I'm going to go to dance on Sunday morning I'm going to have an intention to heal to forgive to uh, expand whatever intention it is and then you move with that intention in mind you're actually amplifying that energy out into the field and bringing it back to you more. Sorry. So it is a powerful thing. Yeah. Just moving the body so that you generate this energy because we're just, we're like made of electricity, right? There's more power inside. Our, like there's enough energy inside our body to power a whole city. Mm. And uh, when you move 
Mm. You turn the dial up on that. So well, well, you turn the dial up, and also you what what for me why it's so sacred and why I've been doing it for so long is that I access this divine connection, which I you know what I, this is how I describe it from to, to others is that I feel like through dance I have learnt and experienced that inside of me is this incredibly powerful energy that's connected to the divine, and when I move it's almost like I start to open to this um, inner spring. And it's like our divine source is kind of covered up by daily life and our thoughts and all this kind of armoring of life. But when I dance, this um, inner spring, which is crystalline and connected to source, starts to open up. And the more I dance and the more I follow the movement and let the mind relax, the more that crystalline energy starts to open and yeah. I get better. I feel more expanded. And then the more I tap into that and in the group field with lots of other people, I can feel that incredible expansion. And that is where you can heal. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, you know, ultimately that is probably why I do it and why I continue to offer this work because it's healing, it's healing. And I believe that you can heal cancer, you can heal trauma, um, through, through dance. So yes, it can be a release. Yes, it can be liberating, but the dance that I'm tapping into is much, much deeper than that. Um, and yeah, look, as I said, I made this film dances of ecstasy where I traveled throughout the world to explore how different cultures connect with the spirit through dance. And one of the rituals I filmed was the Bushmen of the Kalahari mm -hmm. and they, um, the gr there's groups of women with babies on their back and they clap and they do this incredible sound and they create a rhythm and the shamans dance around and around and around the fire to this clapping and this voice rhythm and it takes them into a trance and after a while they fall into trance and they fall over and what happens is that the energy at the base of their spine they talk about it as cool that it rises and goes out and they start to connect with the spirit world and then they get information and then through that energy that they experience, they start healing others through it. And so that was one of the rituals I filmed. So there have been people in traditional cultures who've harnessed this energy in different ways. I also filmed a, um, a, an Eurasia ceremony in Nigeria, which was um, I witnessed people going into trance, again, a very guided, very... Um, clear ritual where there was a priest and initiates would be directed to go into trance to correct to connect with the Arisha and the Arisha would the the when I spoke to one of the participants what she said was when I dance because they go into trance and they they go all flailing and they have to be caught by the priest to hold them down because one of them said to me yeah when I go into trance it's like a lightning bolt hits me wow it comes through me and they, they lose their consciousness as the spirit enters through them. And the purpose of it is to bring information and healing to the rest of the community. So when I was filming those rituals, I really started to learn more about the power of these energies that we are connected to mm -hmm. and that they are so powerful, this God force um, that is part of every human being, that when you can access it, it can heal, it can connect us, and, and also not to tamper with it too much because it is so strong. 
So, um, yeah, when I made that film, I really, I really understood the power of it and how it's used in a more, um, you know, guided, it's guided, directed, directed and held by the priests, you know? Mm. Mm. So in some of our modern rituals, it's all a little bit, um, ungrounded to be honest. Yeah. I don't think the West understands the power of it. Cause when you, when no. you look at, when you look at indigenous culture, mm. they all dance like they're all dancing. They're all mm. dancing like crazy. And we yeah. look at it like, oh, look at these crazy lunatics, you know, dancing around fires and carrying on, but we don't understand why they're doing it or what's mm. happening when it's happening. Mm. We know it feels good, but we don't actually understand. So, I mean, the thing about dance is that, yeah, you've got to put the intention with it. Right, mm. so that's what you're doing with your dance classes. You're you're like giving people yeah. That well, the dance and and also the dance class, the the five rhythm structure. It's a structure, so we're giving people a structure, which gives them safety and security to really access those parts. Because without mm. the structure, it's just a bit too wild, and also it, you can't get to those deeper places. That's why we need guidance. We need and, guidance. Absolutely. Yeah, and you're here to guide us, darling one. You and me. You know, like a shaman. A shaman guides his community. A priest yeah. guides their rituals. So we are all, you know, we guide. And and I think that you know, I, I always see my my classes. It's a sacred space. Mm. I'm holding it as sacred space. Yes, people can come and they can come just to have a fun dance. Yeah, and just come and have a bit of a shake off. Or some people want to come for exercise. But if you want to come for deep healing, if you want to come because I want to manifest something, if you want to come because I want to heal my cancer or I want to heal my um, pain from my divorce or Mm. this emotional issue or I want to um, come for a really powerful reason, you can come for that as well. I don't think people understand that when they come. I think most people come to exercise and the biggest thing is to be connected. And that's powerful because I think that healing starts when we feel connected. I think healing, I mean, I think dis-ease starts when we feel disconnected. In fact, cancer cells are cells that are disconnected to the homeostasis of the rest of the cells in the body. Every cell in the body communicates and knows its connection except for cancer cells. So the disconnection people feel and what you're providing is a connection, a connection through community. I don't think they really understand what they're coming from. You have to be doing some more talking about this, Michelle, because I think people come, they listen, they dance, but are they really understanding what's happening? Maybe it's just showing up in their lives. But I want to get on to your healing journey because really you've been exploring healing in many facets for pretty much your whole life, I suppose. Dance is the way that you facilitate it. But how many years ago is it now? Like 10 or 12 years ago? You were over at uh, in Brazil in Abidjania making a documentary about a friend of yours who was on a healing journey. Do you want to talk about a quest to heal beyond the physical? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I first found out about John of God, the spiritual healer in Brazil, um, through my friend Leah, who had a, an advanced cancer diagnosis and advanced breast and bone cancer when she got her diagnosis it was already very advanced Mm -hmm. and she was on her way to see this spiritual healer and so I had a look at a video that she had before she went of this man and I was really taken by what I saw on the video I don't know why um, but I thought gee you know and I just finished my other film Dances of Ecstasy and so I said to Leah wow could I come and document your journey 
mm. and see what happens. And so I did. And I took a camera and followed Leah to Brazil. And when I arrived there, it was, look, I think it changed my life in mm. many ways. Um, I didn't realize it would take me about 10 years to finish this project. Mm. But what I discovered there was, oh, how can I describe it? <laughs> Uh, John of God is known as a trance medium. So he is known as someone who works with spirits who come through him. However, when I arrived at the Casa, basically it has these really large rooms where people sit in meditation, like two or 300 people are sitting in meditation and they're all dressed in white. And I experienced this very powerful energy when I was there. And yes, while people go up to John of God and get some direction as to where to go, the most prominent part of the healing was actually just being and sitting in the meditation room. Absolutely. And the most powerful thing about the whole place was that they asked you to really sit in meditation and access your own healing source. And the reason I ended up making this film was that I was kind of passionate about that message that healing is about you connecting to your own source, which is kind of very similar to what I do with the dance yeah. and everything at John of God meditation place was all about that. Yeah. It was not about John of God being a guru. I personally didn't have such a good relationship with him. I found him quite challenging to deal with. And also cause I was making a film. Yeah. And there was a lot of politics around the place that made it quite challenging. Yeah. But what I was passionate about, and also they also always talked about the healing is about you. It's about what you bring to it. It's not about him. He's just a vehicle to connect with the spirit, but it's about how do I, what do I need to do to heal myself? And so the Brazil provided this incredible healing field where people could tap into their own their own source and to figure out what's going on in my heart. You know, they talk to, they talk a lot about forgiveness and having gratitude and giving thanks every day. Mm. And those are things that are common in all spiritual traditions, those yeah. qualities of to say thank you and to have gratitude and to see what is, what is blocking my heart. And sure, you, you can say what is going on in Brazil. Is it, are there spirits there? Are there, is it a placebo? It's one, you have to sort of follow your own belief. I personally believe that there is a lot of spiritual energy that is working there and that's what's creating the powerful healing field. Yeah. Absolutely. But everyone has their own way of interpreting that, you know, and some absolutely. people, and, and, but that sense of being connected to your own healing is an incredible gift of that place. Look, everyone has their own way of interpreting everything. You know, like you can, you can move forward with good intention mm. and then offer what you offer, whether it's a dance class or a healing center or videos on enlightenment. And then people are going to perceive it through their own judgments, their own pain, their own fear, their own ideology, their own religious and structure. They're just going to perceive it how they perceive it. What can you do? And uh, obviously what's happened with John of God lately, he, you know, has been arrested, has got people up in arms about what's been going on over there. But uh, what has been going on over there is, 
is an intention to heal. And then a whole lot of egos have come in to create structure and power problems. And oh my God, it's been, it's been a mess what's been going on. And you've experienced it it firsthand because you were not just a participant, you know, like experiencing the healing, but you were making a film about it. And so you got involved in the politics, right? Well, I didn't get involved with the politics. And yes, um, two months ago, John of God was arrested on charges of sexual abuse. So as we are doing this interview right now, he is has still not been charged. Um, He's under arrest, but he has not been charged. So it still remains to be seen what happens with that. Um, I never saw or experienced anything like that while I was there. Um, However, I have to be honest, over the years, I did hear rumours. And I personally believe that there's been so much incredible healing that's happened there that possibly that's why it's taken this long for this to to surface. Mm. And, you know, the film that I made was never, ever focusing on him as the guru. And he always used to say, it's not me who heals, it is God who's healing. Yeah. So I think the people who've kind of, um, and there's absolutely, and I'm not excusing what he's being charged for, and he's in the full hands of the law. And it's, you know, to be honest, I'm in shock like many people because I have personally seen and experienced and heard and talked to so many people who have really, who have received transformational healing through the energy at the casa. Absolutely. And so far what I've been told is that that is continuing, that John of God is obviously no longer there, but the casa is open people are going there and the healing is still there. Yeah. So people go, how can that happen? Because if you believe in what the belief system is there, is that he is a channel or was it is a channel for higher spiritual beings who are yeah. working there. Yeah. And over the, I don't know how many years he's had that place, there's many, many spirits who are working there still. Absolutely. So, and they are, and you can still access it without him. And he is always only a vehicle and many people would go to John of God and not even go up to see him Absolutely, because they would sit in the field and that's all they needed. Look, so I was there about 18 years ago as well. And to, to experience that I'm a, I'm a young energy healer. And then a friend of mine's going over there. Was she sick at the time? I don't think she was sick at the time, but, um, but she was telling me about it and like, I've, I've got to see this, you know, like there was nothing wrong with me, but I got to see this. So I went over there just out of curiosity to check it out as many doctors or healers have done you know not because they're sick but they've heard about it and they're like what's going on over there and uh yeah the stories a bit always had that investigative mind i'm talking to people and asking them questions about their experiences because i'm not sick so i'm not receiving okay I, I take that back i was receiving healing but not physically as your documentary is called quest to heal beyond the physical so I experienced my own healing or expansion. Let's call it expansion because my desires in those days is how can I be a better healer? You know, how can I channel more source energy? How can I be more connected to my source or my higher self? And that really happened when I was sitting in meditation over there, like in a big way, huge way, which was a bit, 
a bit like a kundalini awakening actually it was a bit like frightening because it was just so expansive and then you've got to deal with it but I was asking people about their experiences and many of them were saying it's not so much about what he's doing it's just about them sitting every day in that current room sitting in silence and it's so it's sort of interesting because we're talking about dance and this is sort of the opposite of dance people are actually sitting still there's no dancing happening and yet because people are coming together with that intention there's still this generation uh, of energy like it's generating source energy it's expanding it so this coming together whether we're coming together to dance or to meditate it's just a, a powerful powerful where two or more come together in my name you know it's like the name is source the name is love you could call it jesus if you want to call it you could call it krishna you could call it buddha whatever name you give it yeah so it's it's interesting yeah well i think um that was yeah i think when i went to john of god and i sat in the in the current rooms there i definitely connected with with a field of love that i'd never experienced before And it was the first time where I really got in touch with how forgiveness can be healing. Yes. So as I said, whether you believe it's the spirits in the current room or whether it's just the collective energy of lots of people, it's up to you to, to decide what you, what you feel. But I have never experienced such powerful energy and talking about the dance, um, my experience of sitting in the current room was that when the energy was so powerful, it would start to, to move energy inside me like a dance. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. So that when my heart and when that, you know, I was going through and touching the dark spaces in myself and the tears would come up, there was energy moving like a dance inside of me. And so it is so connected to what I do on the dance. And, and I think as a dance facilitator now, because I've, you know, I've had this connection to the John of God energy field over the last 10 years, because I, in the process of making the film, I went there three or four times. And, you know, I really resonate with the energy there, especially that sense of connecting with love. Um, which love is the love is the healing, you know, that, 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 that cliche throughout history that love heals, you know what? It's true. It's It's simple. It's hard work. But in my experience that that is the ultimate healing source because that, that, that connection to the divine is the stream is love. Yeah. I don't know if love's hard work. You know, what's hard work, hard work is, not believing the screaming of the ego that's hard work because the ego screams love is easy but the ego screaming like the ego is on top of love saying i want you know what's happening well relationships are hard you know human relationship and and misunderstanding and the human relating is that's what to me is complicated that that kind of blocks us from love love is is like like a child isn't it love is easy yeah love is but it, but it requires us being in that state and and so the love field at john of god is 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 a very powerful thing and then that's how we access the healing of the healing the dance of healing inside because ultimately you know when i was talking about before that we've got things that are blocked in our energy mm. whether it's shame or whether it's our cancer cells or and we need to, we need the dance of energy to, to open those. 
the rhythm uh, to, to, to forgive or to change our, the way we think and feel to create healing in the physical, you know, what I discovered there too, was that sense of, you know, when you, when you get an illness in your physical body, it has been manifest somewhere else first. So we're encouraged to go to the source of what that, to source of where that issue has started and to go to the source of your um, dis-ease, whatever that yeah. is. And, and you know what's interesting, Michelle, with what's happening over there is that here is a man who has brought this to the world and so many hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people have experienced forgiveness and letting go of judgment and now the world is attacking him with that very thing. So there's something going on here that I think is beyond what we are perceiving with our linear, like we're perceiving this terrible thing that's happened. How could this healer do these terrible things? And then there's huge amounts of judgment around. Like if you look on the internet, there are people saying that he's like been trading babies and all sorts of unbelievable um, rumors that are now starting about who he is, like just vilifying, demonizing this man, like demonizing him. And I'm not saying that he did or didn't do it, but let's look at who he is. And well, I think it's important to, to separate the two. I think, you know, if, if he did commit sexual abuse, that is, you know, it is really sexually inappropriate. But let's have a look at who he is because everyone thinks that how could a healer do this? But he, he... Because he's a human being and there's, there's obviously, you know, what is, is it that makes all many spiritual healers throughout history abuse their power? I mean, it's yeah. a terrible phenomena. And like I don't priests, know why. There's so many more priests that have done yeah. the same sort of thing. And it's shocking and it's sad. But, and what, but what's happening with John of God is that he is a man who has been put up on a pedestal as a god. But let's look at what's really going in. He, the personality of Daoul de Seos is never present during any of the healings because he's a trance channel. So he's like out. His, his consciousness, his ego, if you like, or his mind is out of the body or not present in the body or not aware in the body when any of the healing is happening. So he's not well, that's getting... Question. Yeah, but that's he, sort of... That's hard. We don't really know that 100%. He might drift in and out. It's hard to know. Look, I mean, he's, he's definitely got a gift. He's a channel. I remember channel. When, I, when I healed, when I, sorry, when I interviewed... Um, an expert in spiritism in um, in Brazil, and he said that because there are many spiritual healers like John of God in Brazil, mm. it's mm. it's part of the culture, and a spiritual healer is someone who has this access. Or he talked about it a leak in the energy where he can access that con that state of consciousness. And there's many people who can do that. John of God just happens to have become very famous and you know, because his work opened to the West, many people from the West went to him. And there's, there's a reason, you know, a lot of people have had extraordinary healing with the spiritual energies and they are continuing to do so by connecting with the energies. It's not about the man, John of God. And I feel that I hope that I will be able to show the film again at some point, because that message of, how we need to connect with ourselves and not an outside guru that we contain the messages within you know if you have a cancer diagnosis 
you know, yes, you can go to your oncologist and get your medical treatment, but in all, all ways, it's really good at all times to connect with your inner healing and your inner wisdom. And this is the greatest message that we need to hear. Mm. What, whatever's going on, we go and get help from our conventional medicine, which is fantastic and has a good purpose. But if we can, whatever's going on in our life, connect with that inner guidance system, that, that inner connection to spirit, then that, that seems to be, that's just a really important message is, is for all of us. I agree. Not about any guru. What I think is interesting about what's, just happening, us. <laughs> what's happening with him is he's a man that's in as much pain as any of the people that are going to the Casa for Healing, right? He's in as much pain. I he can't, might, I don't he know. Might, he might have the ability to be a trance channel. And, and the thing is that we do know because what happens when he does do those, um, those uh, the physical, phys- well, the physical surgeries are, yes, the physical surgeries, which are a very small part, you know, he does these spectacular surgeries with knives and, you know, he cuts eyeballs and he cuts different parts of the body. And that's a very tiny part of, it, of it the is work. It's a tiny part. And when I was there. But, you know, but it was, there. but it's an important part because the reason he does it is it was, I think the reason he did it was to show people that it's not him doing it, but that he's working with doctors and other spirits. And that it's so incredible, credible when you're there and you see three feet away that he's cutting skin and the person is not moving or their eyeball is completely still that it proves that it's not him. So, but unfortunately, you know, again, people sort of think that that's the main thing and it's not. And well, no, but he, he actually said when I was there that I don't do any of these um, physical surgeries to heal anybody. He said, and when, he, when I say he, it's his guides speaking through him that are saying this. Mm. And they're saying we, let's call them we, we're doing this to prove because you humans need to see it to believe it. Like we can't tell you about God and you're going to believe in the power of God. You want, you want proof. You right. want to see something to believe in the power of God. So we do these healings to show you the power of God mm-hmm. and because you humans need to see it to believe it. And that's, he said that directly when I was there and I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense because I've got this curious mind like, why is he doing this? He's not healing anybody by doing that. You know, this little mind of mine's going tick, 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 a million miles an hour. And then that was answered. He also said what I was there. They said through him. Because uh, I can tell when he's channeling or not, because I have that ability to be able to ch- tell that he that no one is healed at this casa, that there are no miracle healings that happen here. He said, "This is no one is healed here. What happens? The only thing that happens here is your faith in God." That's what he said. That's what was said through him. So it's directly speaking to, you know, I'm not healing anybody. I'm showing you what's possible, and then you're believing it or not believing it. Like, and then you're believing in the faith of God to heal or the faith of that energy, let's call it the unified field, the faith of that loving presence to restore the dis-ease in your body. Yeah, so... along Along with you having, I still think it's not just about faith in God, it's about you doing the work, you know. Well, that's the work you're doing. The faith is the work. The work. Like, for example, my, my, my friend with the cancer, you know, I witnessed her again. I witnessed her daily, daily, daily having gratitude. She would Mm. sit there and imagine 
all day long. I imagine that all my cancer cells have gone. I'm really grateful for the healing I've received. She was already visualizing it happening and she yeah. worked and worked and worked. So in the current room, she would work on her healing and, you know, you working on your forgiveness. So, and she, she really talked about how forgiveness was the main, main ingredient of what created her healing because Leah did have extraordinary healing while she was at the Casa. You know, she had came with crippling back pain and she, she went home like and had an incredible quality of life for about a year and a half. And when her children picked her up from the airport, she was mobile, she was walking. They couldn't believe the way their mother looked mm. um, as a result of the healing she, she, she did. But she was working on herself. And that's what I witness with a lot of people. It's not like, oh, come here um, and heal me. And, you know, that doesn't. This... So I think, I think what's interesting to me about this whole thing about John of God being arrested and seeing the media, they, uh, I think a lot of the judgment comes from people who've never been there or who don't understand the work. And why should they understand it? It's very hard to understand. It's very hard to communicate it to people so that a lot of people are lumping together his actions, which are, you know, a real shock and terrible and the healing as well. And they're sort of trashing both of them. And I think that's a grand shame. And Throwing and the baby out with the bathwater, Michelle. And I think, and I, and I'm really, really glad that the casa is still open, and that people are taking, people are still travelling there, and they are still there and being available to the healing field that's there for people, yeah, for humanity. And let's hope that continues to flourish, because that's what it's about. And whatever happens to John of God, the man, that's just up to the authorities and to his own journey with God himself. And his own journey, absolutely. Yeah, and, and the authorities to sort that out. And I hope, you know, yeah. You know, there are probably a lot of people that are, that are out there vilifying him who have worked in, with the Casa, not just people who haven't been there because I've watched videos of them. But at the same time, I think where we go wrong as humans is we put people up on pedestals and call them gurus. Like gurus when I, totally. when I went to see Sai Baba, you know, all my friends in Sydney are like, you got to go see Sai Baba, you know, he's God in formation, blah, 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 you know, just bowing to the guru. And we're all God in formation. Just some of us have more access to it than others. But it was just as bad over there. I don't know. I wouldn't say that he was, um, you know, sexually abusing people, but it was just the the hierarchy inside the whole guru structure and and mm. the deceit and the wanting to be closer to the guru and in favor of the guru and you know the right hand man of the guru like there was all this sort of hierarchical structure that mm. humans tend to do you know years ago i read the book's conversation with gods and there was a group that started in sydney of people that used to get together and discuss the books and i was one of them and i remember neil donald walsh saying don't start your groups and call them conversation with God groups like God said through him. I don't want you to start your conversation with God groups. You know, this is not about whenever people get together and start these groups that are separate to other groups, this hierarchical structure and ego gets involved and that's where things go pear-shaped. Yeah. Um, my ex-husband was belonged to the Hare Krishnas years ago and we met when we were overseas, we met a couple of devotees and they were telling us how his disciples put
poisoned their guru because he wouldn't raise them up through the hierarchy and make give them this status and they got impatient with him so they poisoned him so that they could claim all the power and the money <laughs> and I'm like damn humans you know what we do with this whole hierarchical structure and i think that well, I think I think there's this there's a whole movement now that it's about you. We are you know you are your own guru. Yeah, you are your own healer. You know you you, you you have your own insight and information and need to figure out you know if I get this cancer diagnosis and what the doctor tells me, what am I you know um, which part which part resonates with me? Right. And and don't just put your hands into what the doctor tells you if it doesn't feel right for you. But maybe you need to do look at do the do the western treatment and also your emotional treatment and sort of look at a but, but to be i think we need to sort of be taught or, or guided to learn more about our internal guidance system which i hope the dance does it for me it does for me and for the community who comes and i think we're all being i guess in this age of consciousness we are all becoming more tuned to energy and well you're someone of course is very connected to your guides and to your inner guidance. And I think we need to be taught a little bit more about how to access that internal information. Absolutely. And to listen, to be able to listen. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we do in the Inner Sanctum. And if people, I've just uploaded the, uh, the snippet, the highlights from the last Inner Sanctum we had with Barbara Jean Lindsay, where we spoke about connecting with our guides. And that's the guidance we need to listen to, even outside of the guidance of the guru or, or the life coach or the doctor or the healer. I mean, they can give us guidance, but the best guidance comes from within. And, and who's to say that the soul that is inhabiting the body of John of God didn't set up in his soul plan with those women this whole scenario so that this message of don't give your power away to the guru could expand through the consciousness of humanity. Well, I think it's been, it's very interesting, definitely the fact that he has been arrested now at this time of his life, you know, and not 10 years ago or five years ago, but at this particular time when he's, you know, he's 78 (laughs) and it's taken. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. So maybe instead of seeing the horror of it all, like everyone is talking about, because I've, I've seen a couple of YouTube videos of supposedly conscious people just completely damning him and vilify and just talking about how bad it is, how bad it is, isn't it terrible, isn't it terrible? And I think in the conscious community, we get enough of that coming from the mainstream community. You know, the news pumps out at nauseam how bad the world is and how terrible things are and isn't it how unjust everything is and and the horrors. Hmm. I think the conscious community needs to look at things in a new perspective, like a broader perspective, a higher perspective, a more expanded perspective, like hmm. we do when we die. You know, we, we see the horrors of our life as something that helped us evolve spiritually, as something that taught us to take our power back, taught us to remember who we are. They weren't there to torture us. They were there to teach us. And just like what's happening with John of God, you know, what's happening is there to teach us, not to torture us. and to bring up our judgments and to say, isn't it terrible and isn't he horrible and how could he and how dreadful, but to teach us about judgment and taking our power back and not giving it to a guru or a healer. You know, we can go to a healer or a reader or a facilitator for guidance, but not giving our power to them. No. Yeah. So it's a powerful message. And um, 
Look, it's a powerful message. And to be honest, I think it's all a bit fresh. You know, it, it only happened two months ago and, and it's still a big shock. <laughs> so, you know, maybe six months, a year down the track, there'll be more clarity around this situation because, yeah, there's, it's, it's not clear exactly what, what's going on with him. And, yeah. Okay, okay we're back from some uh, tech some technical uh, uh yeah so what i was saying before was that i think this whole news is still very very fresh it only happened two months ago and so i think a lot of us are still in shock about the news and so and i i guess for me the way i continue to to view the situation is that i have to separate the man and the work and you know i feel very connected to the work and the, the, that sense of, you know, connecting people or to that healing sense. And I think the work at John of God or the, or the Casa and the energy at the Casa is, is just a very powerful field and mm, mm. that people can hopefully still stay connected to. Yeah, stay connected to. It's interesting that you, you say that you're shocked because I'm not shocked about it at all. Uh, not, not at all. And, um, I think that, you know, when you told me about it, you were shocked because maybe you're closer to it because you did make a documentary which features him and his work. Maybe that sort of. Well, I I think, I think, I think, you know, I guess the thing is because there's been so much vilification towards him and a lot of, um, what I believe, you know, a lot of extra attack. And people look, look, his whole life, his John of God, his whole life, he's been attacked. You know, there were many times he, his life was under threat from the medical profession. He's been in jail. He's been sued. So I think he's a bit used to that. Um, But his life has been because he was so controversial as a healer. This is a separate situation with the sexual abuse. And so, yeah, just the media reports have been shocking. The mic, sorry, your hand's on the mic again. Uh, yeah, it has been shocking. And also, too, there is that sense of betrayal, too. Like you sort of go, well, how well, could someone like that do? How could someone who but is that's so the ego mind the speaking. You know, that's the ego mind speaking. Again, <gasps> when we look at other people's lives, like when, let's look at the woman Leah in your um, story. So she goes, she has healing. She comes back, it looks like she's going to heal. Yay, miracle's going to happen. And then a year later, she leaves her body. So we, from our linear mind perspective, cannot understand that journey because we hang on to right and wrong and that if you die, you failed in your healing. But when you reemerge, you understand that this life experience that we're having is the dream that we're dreaming up and the reality is the soul. And so this is the dream and what you did in your dream is what you did in your dream, but it's not really who you are. It's an experience that you, your soul is having. Mm. It's a part of a continuum experience that you're yeah. having throughout the cosmos. Mm. And so what you're choosing in this life doesn't make sense unless you see the greater tapestry. Mm. And maybe we, when you say we're sh- you know, people are shocked, maybe we can't make sense of it because we don't see the greater tapestry of what's really happening what it's doing for humanity how it's um how it's getting people to think differently about uh putting their faith and power in gurus like it's happening throughout religion as well what about pell you know we've got this guy down here in australia who's a catholic uh he's not just a catholic priest he's the head of the catholic church isn't he like isn't he the biggest wig in the catholic church 
and he's going to court this week for the same thing. For, he's already been arrested. <laughs> he's already been arrested, but he's been charged. He's been charged. He was charged this week mm. or last week or I don't know, I'm not up with the mainstream news. Mm. But, uh, and, and so it's, it's happening mm. inside many institutional uh, things, with religion, healing. So there's a message here for humanity about giving your power away mm. to some person in power. Mm, and taking totally. the power back so totally and it's about the age of connecting with your own power yeah because we all have it but we're disconnected from it and the yeah. dance and meditation well i mean in my for me the dance is what connects me to it and and um yeah oh beautiful well we're about to wrap this up so is there anything else you'd like to leave people with you know michelle and i are co-creating with other beautiful facilitators here in sydney a big love fest happening in nine days it's happening from this recording it'll be probably a week or a few days from this when this comes out uh to celebrate love and to celebrate that connection and that inner power connecting to that inner power and um you're doing it through your dance facilitator. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing at Love Fest? Yes, I'm very excited to be involved in Love Fest, and it's a wonderful opportunity that we're doing is we is by collaborating with many other kind of leading conscious dance and music facilitators in Sydney to do a collective day. And I'm going to be offering a Fire Rhythms Dance Journey through the element of air and connecting with divine love through the um through the element of air with voice and sound and breath and a live musical journey with emmanuel lieberfreuen baran yilditz and Carmela gitanjali baini so it's going to be an amazing day and if anyone wants to see any of my films a quest to heal beyond the physical you can watch it streaming um, from the website and I've also got a, a film website michellemarafilms.com and if anyone wants to come and dance you can look me up as well well I have to say many people that watch my shows are overseas they're not in Sydney. oh there you go well they might want to watch the movies then you <laughs> know they, I could, would... they could go and there's five rhythms is everywhere all yeah. over the world yeah and five, five you know when when you released the movie uh, I was helping you, uh, you know, emceeing for you. And so I watched the movie a few times in a cinema with the groups and the energy that comes from that movie, it's actually like you're in the current room. Well, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. So, yeah. I love that. I, 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 that's why I hope that I can show it again soon because it has you can. a beautiful message. I think at the moment it's not the right time. but I yeah. think it's the perfect time. I think you should show it more because I think what's happening... No, seriously, I think what's happening is really putting a spotlight on what the message of the movie is talking about. Mm. And that's about you find that connection to your power within. Mm. And um, that's the healing journey. Even though it features John of God and it features the miracles that are happening here, that's the message of him too. Like when I say him, his higher self, all the guides and the spirits, they call them the spirits over there, that teach through him. They say it out like, you know, no, no healings happen here. No miracles happen here. What happens here is your faith in God, you know, like your work, your inner work, your own work. That's the message that's pumped out through the casa. And um, maybe that's just a message that um, he needs to embody more in his life as well. But who knows what his karma is and what his life is about. He could be sacrificing his life and the people involved, you know, to bring that, to drive that message home. So maybe show it more now. Don't hide it. 
don't hide the film. And for people that want to see the film, the film is beautiful. It, it is an intuitive film because you follow your friend who goes there, but you actually meet somebody else and then you document their healing journey. Mm. And, then, and then also you um, meet a whole lot of other people who are on their healing and so you interview them. But you've got yeah. two main characters mm. it, that you follow their healing journeys and we won't say what happens, but it, it's beautiful. I actually think the healing journey of the second person that you documented is just exquisitely mm. beautiful. To watch mm. the transformation of this man, it's a man, his personality, you see mm. his personality change mm. as he continues on his journey there. And, and that's the name of the film, Beyond uh, the Quest to Heal Beyond the Physical, because it's not always about healing the physical body. Mm. It's about healing the karma. It's about body. healing your soul. Healing the soul. soul. Yeah, like letting that things, you know, the, the soul, it's about we need to heal what's in our soul before it becomes manifest in the physical, that it's healing, healing things that are hidden. And the, which, could be, which could be from other lifetimes. Either. Other lifetimes. It could be karmic yeah. stuff. It could be yeah. generational stuff. Yeah. It could be carrying the wounds of your grandmother, your grandparents, you know, the generation. Mm. It could be carrying the wounds of your um, society. Mm. You, you know, there's so many things that we're healing. Mm. And it might manifest as a physical problem, which put, takes your attention to mm. going on a spiritual or healing journey. Mm. But yeah, the movie is very much about the quest to heal beyond the physical. Mm. So it's a beautiful movie, and I suggest that everyone watch it. It's streaming now, so you can get it on Michelle's website, and I'll have the website link up under this uh, video and on the iTunes and other audio recordings if you want to go and watch the movie. And what's happening this Sunday at Five Rhythms? What are we going to experience for the 10th well, this, anniversary? This, yeah, this Sunday is the 10th birthday anniversary of Radiance Dance. So I've got a fantastic gathering, uh, a big event on Sunday morning at the Sound Life Dome. And it's featuring a lot of the musicians who, who come and play with us including Emmanuel Lieberfreund and Vanessa Forbes and Steve Mazabau and Saul. Oh, back. Cool. And Saul Smith is going to, you know, bring his drums. Yeah. So we're going to have wonderful drumming. And my friend Heather Price is going to do a shamanic ritual to open the event. And Geeti and Gian are going to do a beautiful closing chant. So it's autumn equinox. Um, we're going to be connecting with the autumn equinox energy and also coming together as a community for healing and spreading that sense of, balance and harmony for others through our dance of celebration this sunday beautiful mm. ah, i look forward to it all right gorgeous thanks karen thank Lovely you to talk to you thank you thanks a lot interesting conversation wasn't it a uh, beautiful conversation about the dance and how the dance is really a facilitation for healing so maybe if you're going through some hard times and um feeling down Put on that music and get up and dance after this. That's what I wanted to say. Oh, Michelle was talking, but I just let her talk. That uh, just just dance, just dance like nobody's watching. You know that old saying: sing like nobody's listening and dance like nobody's watching. Dance around the living room like you did when you're a child, or you would if you're a child, and allow that energy to flow through you. And let me know what you think about uh, our conversation about John of God. Who's to know that what's happening isn't perfect? And it's all part of the healing of our planet, taking our attention off the, uh, the guru and the healer, the rock star, the man of God, you know, putting our power in this. Because I, I think that on this planet, 
we give our power away. We give our power away to the movie star or the rock star, the pop star. We make them so much better than us as if because they're talented or they make a lot of money or they belong to a church or they've moved up this hierarchy in a church system or in a business, maybe they're the boss. You know, we give so much power to the person at the top of the heap. And if we're to really live this unified oneness on this planet, we need to stop doing that and start seeing everyone as equal. The beggar and the guru, the rich man and the poor man, the rich woman and the poor woman, we're all one. We all come from that extension of source energy and we all experience it and express it differently. We all express our divinity differently and our talents differently. Michelle was just talking about Michael Jackson. You know, that's out in the news too. This um, He's left his body and people are coming out saying that he was sexually abusing people. But if you give your power away to somebody, then you allow them to do things to you that are not, it's not appropriate. And uh, you've got to stop giving your power to somebody, whether it's to your partner or your guru or your pop star or your boss or your priest. They have no more power to connect to divine energy. No more than you do. We all have the same power to connect and channel that same same energy. Even Jesus said, you know, all you can do as I have done and more. He didn't want you to give him power either, more than who we are. It's about unity and oneness. We're all an extension of the same source. So thanks again for watching. Love you all. And uh, let me know your comments underneath, what you thought. And uh, yeah, remember to sign up to the uh, newsletter for to keep up to date with what's happening in the inner sanctum. I've got Garnet Schulhauser coming up in a couple of weeks. He's going to be the third time in the inner sanctum talking about his books. And obviously he's been a QHHT practitioner for the last year or so. So he's got lots more things to talk about. Uh, with the journey that he's been through with people and um, when you join the Inner Sanctum you have a chance to meet the people I have on the show and to ask your questions and then you've got a little tribe that you can connect to on your spiritual journey as you remember your power and your powers of creation how you get to be deliberate in creating your own reality and then go out and help others find their own power reconnect to their own power so join us in the Inner Sanctum and what else do I want to tell you? Remember to subscribe if you like the shows and you get benefit from the shows. Remember, there's always a link underneath if you want to donate to the shows or join the Inner Sanctum. It's not expensive. It's 25 Australian dollars a month. So cheap, really, for what happens and the access that you have to beautiful healers and teachers and me. <laughs> Remember to buy the book Awakened by Death. Love you all. Bye for now.